Across the blue line is back. That's right. And so is the second round of the NHL postseason that has left us for a year. And the second round is finally upon us, but not before an eventful first round of the postseason where four of the all four of the division winners in each respective division were eliminated in the first round. That is something that has never happened since before the NHL began to expand to a wider number of teams. But this is quite a surprise. You have the Tampa Bay Lightning, who seemingly out of nowhere just did not show up and Columbus was playing red hot hockey and they swept Tampa Bay and then also with another divisional upset the Carolina Hurricanes who would expect them to knock off the defending Stanley Cup champions it was Brock McGinn who scored the game winning goal in game seven and it was the Carolina Hurricanes even though they were down three to one Against the Capitals in Game 7, they clawed all the way back and made their way into the second round of the postseason. And then also in another matchup featuring a division champion, the Dallas Stars. This team fueled by the addition of their new defenseman in Miro Haskinen. It was the Stars that upset the Predators in six games with John Klingberg, who was seemingly absent the entire postseason, scoring the game-winning overtime goal in Game 6 to advance Dallas into the second round. And then the other divisional upset, another surprise, it was the Calgary Flames that won the Western Conference home ice advantage all the way to the final. Calgary lost to the Colorado Avalanche in five games, and it wasn't because of a lack of goaltending. We'll get in, but it was it was it was not because of Mike Smith playing playing poorly in net. It was because Calgary did not have a base around him. And then also in the other rounds featuring non-division champions, the Boston Bruins in seven games knocked off the Toronto Maple Leafs in what was a series that seemed as if this could be Toronto's chance to possibly take out Boston at last. But then even though Toronto had a had a 3-2 series lead, it was the Boston Bruins that won game six. And then in game seven, Tuka Rask came up huge. And he was a resilient force in net, keeping only one shot from going past him into the into his own net and it was the Bruins that won in game seven five to one and it's Boston that's moving on to play Columbus in the Atlantic division in the Metropolitan division Carolina advanced but very early on it was the Islanders that swept the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Islanders just seemed to want this series a whole lot more than the Pittsburgh Penguins and seemed as if Pittsburgh was mentally physically emotionally all over the place they did not seem to want to be in this series and it, it was clearly shown especially in the series in Pittsburgh where the Islanders simply took it away from the Penguins and the Islanders cruised to victories on the road and it was the an Islanders team headlined by their head coach Barry Trotz and their scoring lines they have they've proven themselves to be a resilient force and they're going to be a definite threat against this Carolina Hurricanes Hurricanes team that they will be playing and then in the Central Division the St. Louis Blues upset the Winnipeg Jets and it was a Winnipeg Jets team that seemed to be in the driver's seat for that the final the the 
Central Division Championship, but they came up empty as it was the Blues who who were anchored off of three wins in Winnipeg. That's right, the Jets went 0-3 in their own building where they seemed to have a home ice advantage, which Derek alluded to during the majority of the season, but Winnipeg did not win a single game on their home ice and then the Blues were able to take care of business in an elimination game and Jordan Bennington got the job done as it was Jaden Schwartz who had a hat trick for the St. Louis Blues and it was the Blues that knocked off the Jets by a score of 3-2 to two. and now we head into the playoff series that are, are to come and let's first, well, before then, there was one series that stood out above the rest and boy was it a dandy and it started off as as you would expect the Vegas Golden Knights against the San Jose Sharks a Sharks team that had only won one game in their last 10 and they seemed to be virtually dead and it seemed as if that would be the case Vegas jumped out to an early 3-1 lead in the series and you would write Vegas off of the script they seemed to be done or or they seemed to have wrapped this series up and then in in games five, an elimination game, San Jose, headlined by Martin Jones, he performed very well in the San Jose net as he was able to help propel this San Jose Sharks team to that win. And then in game six, oh my word, it was a dandy. And it went into double overtime in what was an intense game. The overtime was something to behold. But then in the overtime, Tomash Hurdle, shorthanded, tossed a puck in on Marc-Andre Fleur and somehow the puck went in and on to game seven the San Jose Sharks went and well the 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 incredible pace continued on and in game seven it was Vegas it seemed to be routine Vegas jumped out to a three nothing lead they would cruise on to an easy series victory but then things changed and Cody Eakin took a cross-checking penalty as he cross-checked Joe Pavelski and right then and there the series and the the game itself changed and turned on its head and then the San Jose Sharks with their with a, after the 5 minute major to Cody Eakin they 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 turned things around. They six seconds after the penalty was initiated, San Jose scored a goal, and they would end up scoring four goals on that on that five minute power play. And it was the Sharks who found themselves up by a score of four to three. And then Vegas tied the tied the game with under a minute left to go, and to send this game into overtime. And then in the overtime, Barkley Goudreau scored the game winning overtime goal in what was an incredible ending to the best series of the entire playoffs in my eyes. Derek Harper, this 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 Game 7 was clearly something to behold. Game 7s are unlike anything I've seen. I mean, this year has been incredible, Danny. I mean, that was just such a crazy game. Every game we've seen has just been nuts. Whether it's Cody Eakin, whether it's the Bruins and the Leafs, I mean, it's just Game 7s have a different intensity to them than all the other games we've, we've ever seen. It's just amazing. Game 7s always seem to bring the best out of both teams, and boy did the San Jose Sharks prove that they were the more resilient team when the power play came into place, and the best teams handle adversity well, and that is exactly what the San Jose Sharks did. They went right to work, and Vegas couldn't mentally 
wrap their minds around that five-minute penalty, and the Sharks took advantage of that, not only because of the injury to Joe Pavelski, their team captain. That is big. When your team captain goes down and and he's carried off off the ice, then it's up to the team to, to show why he was that great of a leader. And that is why the San Jose Sharks were able to show their resolve and have such a powerful power play, no pun intended, and they were able to win win that power play stretch with four goals on that five-minute power play, and then that momentum carried itself. Even though they, they did have the game sent into overtime, the San Jose Sharks showed their resilience, and then Barkley Goudreau, he barely had any ice time, but he had fresh legs, and that's how he was able to contribute and score that game-winning goal around Marc-Andre Fleury, and it's it was just an incredible series all around. But now looking into the next upcoming series for this San Jose team, they are taking on the Colorado Avalanche. And boy, they have been ever so hot with this team just being on fire as of late. That is for sure. It's been just this Colorado team. They are a team that's coming out of the wood uh, work down. I mean, the past couple of seasons, they've been kind of climbing up and you've been kind of keeping an eye on them. It's been like, hmm, this team has talent. Nathan McKinnon, among others. And they're a real threat to the Sharks, I think. The Sharks, yes, they advanced past Vegas, but Vegas brought them to the brink. And Vegas is a very strong team. And so with this Colorado team, I don't think it's going to be an easy series. Maybe the second wild card seed there and the Sharks are the two seed in the West. But don't put it past these abs. They could pull it off, Danny. Here's what I see. This Colorado team got red hot during the course, the late course of the season, and it was because they were pushing for a playoff spot, which they were able to earn. And they were the hotter team. And then when they came against the Calgary Flames, the problem was this. The Flames just did not back up their goaltender in Mike Smith. Sure, Colorado played great. Give them credit where credit is due. But Calgary did nothing to help Mike Smith. And Colorado threw plenty of shots on him and even though there was a goaltender controversy coming in even and even with l- the flames losing in five games it, it, in my eyes it's I, mike smith proved why he was the goaltender that deserved this this starting role and even though they lost it was because Calgary didn't support him at all. He was making saves left and right, and you can't rely on that if you're going to try and win a series. That's why, in my eyes, it, it, might, it may have been more of Calgary blowing it than it was the Avalanche performing well. But obviously, Colorado is a great team, and they're a great team for a reason. And keep this in mind here. Colorado finished up their series in five, and then San Jose and Vegas duked it out to the very end, no pun intended, and it was the Sharks that advanced. They are they're physically exhausted from a grueling series, and you have the Colorado Avalanche waiting in the wings to take on these these San Jose Sharks. And in my eyes, I think San Jose has the potential to win the series, but it could go either way. I foresee this being a long series to the bitter end. So now it comes down to the to the key focus. Who who do we think is going to win this series? Derek, who do you have coming on top in this one? This series, I think I have San Jose, but it's not going to be easy, Danny. I think I have the Sharks in seven because this Avs team, I even want to side with the Avs a little bit. It's hard because this Sharks team has stayed up top of the league so long this season, duking out with the Flames left and right, putting out the fire extinguisher. I mean, it's been a grind and battle all season. They're bruised, but... 
I think the Sharks make it out of this. You may be able to come off of an emotional swing, and the Sharks surely had one, but nothing beats rest, and rest goes a long way into helping a team reach their goals of winning a Stanley Cup because the Stanley Cup playoffs, it's more a test of survival than anything, and the Avalanche are winning this this portion, and even though they are the lower seed, home west advantage, as we can tell in this recent series, or both these recent series, Home ice advantage means barely anything. That's why I have Colorado winning this series in five games because San Jose is without their their captain in Joe Pavelski with his injury in game seven. That's why I have the Avalanche winning in five games just because the Avalanche are more well-rested and they are, they're hotter recently in the latter stages of the season. That's why I have Colorado winning this series and moving on to the Western Conference Finals. Let's transition over to the Eastern Conference side of things and two teams that if you were to ask anyone affiliated with hockey at the beginning of the season and say that these two teams will be playing for a spot in the Eastern Conference Finals, I would I would have told you get lost. The New York Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. And to me, the Hurricanes are more of a surprise than the Islanders. Even though the Islanders, they have a team that has depth and they proven that they can go deep but both these two teams have turned heads and what impresses me is that one of these two teams is going to move on to the series before the Stanley Cup final and it's insane the Carolina Hurricanes seem to have come out of nowhere Peter Morazic played on his head the entire series against the Washington Capitals they were able to hold serve at home and then when it mattered the most in game seven it was Carolina who came through with the victory and they were able to move on and it was Brock again who scored that game winning game seven overtime goal and now the hurricanes are moving on but then again it's another it's another example of rest and the islanders completely took away pittsburgh's game and made them look incredulous during the series and it's going to be a great matchup nonetheless because these are two teams that you would not expect in the postseason because well the islanders are a team that that was out of the playoffs last year. They were out of the playoff mix. And now they seem to be right there in contention. Barry Trotz deserves a lot of credit. But then again, Rod Brindamore has done a great job with the Carolina Hurricanes. And plenty of the credit has to go to the leadership in Justin Williams. But this is panning out to be a great series. And you have to keep in mind, the Islanders just absolutely mollywop Pittsburgh. And that might play a factor in the series right, rightness in these upcoming weeks. Danny, that's for sure. I mean, the Islanders are a great team. So are the Canes. And that's going to be two fun teams to watch. The Islanders, like, like you said, Danny, they um, didn't make the playoffs last year or two. And then Barry Trotz goes over there. They have Matthew Barzell. And, I mean, it's just incredible to see what these two teams have done. Um, Carolina, the late season energy they got, the trade that I think was really beneficial to them, getting Nino Niederreiter from the Minnesota Wild in exchange for Victor Rask. I think that was one of their biggest moves this season uh, that really benefited them. However, Nino Niederreiter hasn't really done much in the playoffs, but, I mean, down the stretch late in the season, he was a huge X factor for them. And as far as Carolina, the off-ice momentum they've had with the whole bunch of jersey Don Cherry, I mean, they've thrived on that. Their post-game celebrations, 
the way this team gels together, they play as a team. I mean, you really can't ask for much more, and these two teams are going to be a really fun to series. Um, to me, the reason well. why the Carolina Hurricanes were able to have success, first, it boils down to the veteran leadership. And I'll be honest with you, Derek, when the Hurricanes picked up Justin Williams, to me, I was the first thing that came into my mind. He has playoff experience. He knows what it takes to get there. But it's the Hurricanes. They haven't made the playoffs since 2009. And to me, I, I was hoping that it wouldn't be a case where Justin Williams would be on a bad team. But this is what makes Justin Williams the Hall of Fame player that he is. He makes everyone around him better. And this is and for him to beat his former team in the Washington Capitals in the first round, it's a testament to how great of a of a player Justin Williams is. He may not stuff the stat sheet, but his leadership qualities set him apart. And it's going to play a role, especially in this series against the New York Islanders as well here, because the Islanders are a team that are that is rather young, and they are they are anchored by their netminders. But if the, the if if there's veteran leadership that will play a factor in the series, the advantage clearly goes to the Hurricanes, and that's why this is shaping out to be an incredible series in my eyes. The Canes, Danny, they have been an incredible force in the East as well as the Isles. I think these two teams could make deep runs. I mean, especially the Isles with Barzell and then Barry Trotz on the bench and their anchor in net. And then you have over down in Carolina, you have a bunch of jerks, as they call them now. I mean, you just have Peter Mrazek in net and Nino Niederreiter forcing the eyes, Sebastian Aho. I mean, it's just incredible what these two teams have put together this season on the eyes. Two teams that didn't used to, they used to both be in the cellar. And then this year, all around the NHL, it's just been crazy. People coming and going and teams jumping around but then you see teams like these like they did something they got some new acquisitions they got a new coach here and there and it's just incredible to see what they've done and the motivation off ice on ice it really speaks a testament uh, in coaches and the players how well they gel it really team chemistry is ev- everything when it comes down to it Danny and it'll boil down well first of all you have to look at the advantages that both these two teams have carolina has great leadership they may not have they they don't have anyone that sticks out that you have to watch out for but they they play they play well together and the veterans of course are guys that you have to look out for but then on the islanders you have barzell and a playmaker like him he can change a series just like that. And then you also have to give credit where credit is due. Robin Leonard was the man that was the focal point for why the Islanders were able to just sweep Pittsburgh and send them home packing early. And that that's also and that shows of how how incredible this turnaround has been for for the netminder Robin Leonard. He was at the point where he was struggling with addictions, and then next thing you know, he's turning around heads, and now it is Robin Leonard who has the chance to play for a spot in the conference finals. My goodness, that's insane. But now let's head into who's going to win this series. So Derek, who do you have coming out on top? Danny, it's tough. I mean... Yeah, the Canes and the Isles. I think I had the Hurricanes actually, Danny. The Isles are a great team, well built together, but I think the Hurricanes shocked the world again and pull off the upset, Danny. 
Goaltending is important, especially come postseason time. That's why I have the Islanders winning this series in five games. I think that the Carolina Hurricanes offense will not be enough to penetrate through Robin Leonard. And when you're playing against some, a team that is just red hot, there's it's, it's hard to stop them. And the Hurricanes can't seem to win on the road for the most part. They, they were able to win one in Washington in Game 7, but outside of those games, they have been virtually inept on the road, and it's important to win those games at, at, on the road, of course, for the Carolina Hurricanes, and if they aren't able to prove that consistently, it's the Islanders' series to lose. They've proven that they can win soundly on the road. That's why I have the Islanders winning this series in five games. Now let's head back over to the Western Conference and two teams that were, if you were to tell me at near the midseason that these two teams would be meeting, I would have told you you would have been crazy. The owner of the Dallas Stars called out Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan with some colorful language, and it was it was a sign that this could be the sign of the end for the Dallas Stars, but they turned things around and they proved why they were the resilient team that they are, and there's a reason why they're in the second round. They beat the Nashville Predators team that had made appearances to the Stanley Cup final. They won the President's Trophy last year, and then this year they ran into the Dallas Stars, and they have been a team that has that has been primarily focused on their defenseman, Miro Haskinen, but even though the offense hasn't shown up as they have in recent years, you can't overlook Dallas's first line because they are something special. And Jamie Benn, Tyler Sagan, All-Stars, and then you can't forget the new acquisitions that Dallas has made recently. Alexander Radulov, that man is such an energy booster for the Dallas Stars. He is he is the key player that can really energize a Dallas team. And then you also have the new free agent acquisition in Matt Zuccarello for the New York Rangers, and he is contributing as well. And then the defense for the Dallas Stars, the defensemen, you have Miro Haskinen and John Klingberg who scored the overtime goal. This Dallas Stars team is equipped to win. And then you can't overlook the netminder, Ben Bishop. He is played on his head the entire season and there's a reason why Dallas is near the top in goaltending and then also the St. Louis Blues during the and on January 3rd they sat in last place in the NHL and now they find themselves in the second round of the playoffs bottom line one of these special stories is going to continue on to the conference finals Danny I, I totally agree there and those Dallas Stars, I was I saw a story when it broke about their owner and the comments he made, and I found that really interesting. I thought, oh no, this is not good. The Stars are going to collapse. This is not good at all. But instead, it reminded me of a local story at the Portland Trail where there's Damian Lillard. He gets doubted. People doubt him and stuff, and he takes the chip on his shoulder and uses it as motivation. And that's what I think the Stars players did here. They took what their owner said, and I think they got a little hurt by it, but they took it as a chip on their shoulder, and they'd use that motivation to get to the second round of the playoffs. To, it was fire in the chest, fire in their hearts, fire in their eyes to push on and just go full strength, go hard all season. And then just, I think they have a very good chance at a deep run here, Danny. This Stars team is a different monster now. But then again, you can't overlook the St. Louis Blues, and they have turned heads ever since the turn of the new year. And, it, and 
the credit should go to who the man who should be the rookie of the year, Jordan Bennington. Jordan Bennington, that is for sure, Danny. Um, we saw him. We seen him play a bunch, and it was crazy because the Blues are down in the cellar of this uh, the NHL. Nobody thought, oh, the Blues are going to be that team. They're going to make the playoffs, maybe then choke. Holy moly, everybody! Hold on to your seats. This Blues team, one goaltender, turned this team around. He gathered the troops, motivated them to win games, and somehow, some way, they scrambled to the top of the division. I don't know what it was, but when you have chemistry like that, motivation to win games, I think they won, what, 11 straight at one time, Danny? It was absolutely insane, and it was 11 games, but more about that to come later. And just that alone, and the players, the chemistry of one player can rally the troops and give them motivation... And they're always, they've always been a playoff team, but for them to do that, what they did was just incredible. And a fun fact about the Blues, that they're also, they've been in the playoffs since they, they were one of, part of the original eight teams or so. Original and they, six. they literally made the conference finals and then advanced to the Stanley Cup final in their first year of existence. This team has, from the very first day of existence, they have been a team, an organization that's, kept the glue together you can't say anything bad about this team it just stunned me what this team has turned around this year and this St. Louis Blues team has been red hot but now that brings in the question who wins this series um Danny I think the Stars take it in seven I do have the Stars winning but I think this series is going to go a whole lot quicker than that I'm going to tell you why because we all know Jordan Biddington's emergence as a goaltender, but there is one team that he has particularly had a problem with, and that is the Dallas Stars. And we all know that St. Louis went on an 11-game winning streak at one stage, but there is one team that ha- that was standing in the way that stopped that win streak, and that was Dallas, and they absolutely destroyed St. Louis on this night, 5-2, to two, and ran Jordan Biddington out of his net, and it, it, was, it seemed as if the Blues couldn't handle Dallas's pace. And then in another meeting, in a few weeks after this matchup, Dallas came to St. Louis and blew them out 4-1. to one. That's why I have Dallas winning this series in five games, and it shows in the regular season how Dallas was so dominant. That's why I have the Stars taking this in five games. That's a bold prediction. I understand what you're saying, but Jordan Bennington, he's been a big factor in this team. I don't think he lets them... Uh, lead the playoffs that early. Well, did you see what they did in the post in the regular season? That's right, five-two win against Jordan Bennington, ran him out of his net. A four-one win in St. Louis. I think a series is going to be over quick, and it's the going to be Dallas. Are a monster. I think it's going to be Dallas that comes out on top. The playoffs are a different monster, Danny. What does that even mean? The players, they get together. The playoffs is a whole other ener- energy level. You're saying the same thing over and over again. I'm still trying Part- to find facts. But when yeah, you have all those scores and everything, but and I think the Blues they falter, and maybe maybe in six. But this Stars team, you have Jamie Benn. I mean, you also you also have the Blues who have you're just a lot naming of players. Single. You have a lot. Of, you have all stars on both teams. You have well Dallas only has one all star, and that's their <laughs> rookie Miro Haskinen. I think the Blues. Uh, take it there, there aren't that. There's only two all stars on on both these two teams, yeah. and and Vladimir Tarasenko is not one of them. There's only two: Ryan O'Reilly right. and Miro Haskinen. There are not many all stars here. 
but it also goes to show the talent between You said them, there are many the all-stars here. The role players. Where are the all-stars? There's two of them there. There's two. That's but not many. You have past all you're required as well. to have two. And it just, Each NHL season, you're required to have at least one all-star for every all-star game. There's not that many all-stars here. It's, and that's just crazy because it shows you how uh, the players, the He's role changing players, what he just said. Well, in a way. There's many all-stars, even though the, both teams have the minimum number of all-stars? Yes, in a way, because... What? You have former all-stars, and you also have players that are all-stars in a different capacity. What have you done for me lately? There's all-stars in a different capacity that they are produced as role players. That they come together, they're stars in different ways. You have the role players, you have the bench players, you have the goalies. I mean, it just everything comes together as one, and the whole team, they, they can be a star as one. What? What? Oh, here's here's what I see. Dallas has knocked out Nashville, who in my eyes is the better team over Winnipeg, and it shows in how Winnipeg seemed to be dead at home. And St. Louis has been a team that also struggled at home. That was a strange series. No one wanted to win a game at home. It was a home ice disadvantage of all things. But Dallas has showed that they can be consistent at home, but they can also maybe steal a game on the road. That's why Dallas is more equipped to win. And if St. Louis can't win at home, which they proved early on in their series against the Jets, that's why I think this series, this series is going to be over quick. I think it's going seven, but let's we'll agree or disagree there. Well, we all know who made the better point. <laughs> okay, moving on from there, let's go to the final series, and that is the f- series that featured the Columbus Blue Jackets, where they came from. At the beginning of the postseason, we were the main key fact about the Blue Jackets was, well, they made it. Well, maybe they don't get embarrassed in the first round against Tampa Bay. And Derek, you've been high on the Tampa Bay Lightning all season, and they weren't even—they didn't even show up to the arena against Columbus. It was the Blue Jackets that swept in, swept the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. And then in the other series, the Boston Bruins—they survived against the Maple Leafs and beat Toronto in seven games. And this is a clash of two teams that had very different paths to reaching this stage and to me the Boston Bruins team is they have home ice advantage throughout the rest of the playoffs which of course it doesn't mean anything but it can it can play a factor because it showed in the Carolina Washington series and it could play a role here in this series between these two teams Columbus has shown they don't have any weakness so far but also Tampa Bay a little bit of the blame should be put on them because they just did not show up. That's why, in my eyes, I think Boston has is riding more on a high, and I I not only see them as as a team that's worthy of winning this series, but I could see them going even farther in the postseason. But concerning this series, the the goal for the Boston Bruins is to beat Sergei Bobrovsky because he was the reason why the Blue Jackets beat Tampa Bay. Sergei Bobrovsky stood on his head and he was able to help the the Blue Jackets win that game one. And then in the following games, it was the Blue Jackets offense that helped carry the load and help the netminder out. If Boston can 
beat Sergei Bobrovsky, Columbus's offense will have nothing to answer. That's why I see the Bruins having a definite chance of going deep. But looking at this Columbus team, Derek, what do you see in them? And can, can we see them pulled off again? Danny, I, I had the Bruins winning this series, but this Columbus team, they have Sergei Bobrovsky, they have Brandon Dubinsky, Oliver Bjorkstrand. They, uh, you said name players, but all these players, Bjorkstrand went on a tear at the end of the season. Sergei Bobrovsky stood tall in that, stood on his head like uh, you said. You're naming players again. I, I could name players too. Boston has a first line players. that is better than any other in probably yeah, the, the NHL for sure. playoffs. For sure. I think they're going to win the series, Boston will. But Columbus is not a team we've taken lightly here. They're a serious team, but I think the Bruins take it in six. I have a sweep. That's right. I have Boston winning this series in four games. And the reason why is because the Bruins have more firepower. And on paper, Boston is the better team. And you have to keep in mind, John Tortorella, whenever he faces the Boston Bruins, always seems to struggle. And it shows in his most recent playoff series against these Bruins, where the new when he was with the New York Rangers, the Rangers looked virtually dead the entire series. And the responsibility goes to John Tortorella, and he just does not seem to coach well against this Bruins team. That's why I, I foresee a sweep in this series by the Boston Bruins. Now let's head to, among all the four playoff series that are still to go, which one of these is the series to watch? That's a tough one, Danny. You have a lot of good series here. I mean, of all the series we've talked about here, Danny, that's one that I think is going to be really fun to watch. Both teams, the Avs come in, they're the underdog, but the Sharks, they're the two seed in the West. And it's just, yeah, you have the injury of the Sharks captain there, but that's not going to stop that Sharks team. And then you have the Avs who come in, Firing on all cylinders. I mean, it's going to be a very fun series to watch. Very competitive. Lots of stats piling up in that series. That's my go-to series. That might be a series that has many headlines, but to me, the one that's the series that I want to watch most of all is the Islanders and the Carolina Hurricanes. And I'm going to tell you why. Both these two teams have have yet to reach these heights. The Carolina Hurricanes last saw a chance at the Stanley Cup Final in 2009 in the Conference Finals, I believe, or maybe in 2008, where they ran into the Pittsburgh Penguins and Sidney Crosby of Guinea Malkin and company. But one of these two teams, either the Islanders or the Hurricanes, are going to move on to the Conference Finals, which is absolutely incredible. The Islanders haven't... They, they went through a streak since uh, 1993 where they hadn't won a playoff series since they upset the Pittsburgh Penguins in a Game 7 a while back ending a potential three-peat by the Penguins. That was in 1993. They didn't win another series until 2016, and then afterwards they bowed out in the second round, and now the Islanders, they got past the first round. They can work on exercising their playoff demons that have fought them for so long, but then the Carolina Hurricanes, they have they have 
yet to see a chance in the, the postseason for quite some time, and now they have the chance to move on to the next round of the postseason. That's incredible. That's why I think this is the series to watch because we have two teams that have yet to be there before, and then the winner of that series will move on to play the, either the Boston Bruins or the Columbus Blue Jackets. Since 20, 2012, neither of those two teams have even sniffed a solid chance at winning a Stanley Cup, well, albeit Boston did make it to the Cup Finals in an abbreviated season. But outside of that, in my eyes, I, I see that this Islanders and Carolina series is the series to watch because both those two teams have yet to be there before. I mean, that's a great point, and I love when those teams have yet to be there before because it's like, wow, those two teams, they've never been there. They've never had their experience. When you have players who haven't had the experience, Danny, it is something else because they, they, they're hungry for it. They want that. They've never been able to taste it. They've seen other players, maybe even current teammates. I mean, even players on the opposing team, maybe they've tasted it or something. But it's like they're, they're hungry for that. They want a victory. So they're going to go and get that. And that is a very fun series to watch. I think we have a great series out east in what we're talking about here and out west with the Avs and the Sharks. You can't go wrong with either series. You have an avalanche team that was under the radar the entire season. San Jose was uh, trending upwards, and then they're coming off of an incredible series win against the Vegas Golden Knights. And you have two teams that are colliding from different... It's the same as the Boston-Columbus series. Columbus virtually inept all regular season. They squeeze into the playoffs. Boston seem to be a front runner outside of Tampa Bay and then come the postseason time Columbus looked as if they were the Boston Bruins sweeping the uh, sweeping their playoff opponent and then the Bruins they struggled well I baffles me how Columbus made it but if they were to make it in our eyes it, it would have been a long series but no it was Boston winning a long one against Toronto it's 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 shaping out to be a great playoffs and that brings up the question of the, all these of the four playoff matchups, which which is the best chance for a potential upset? Let's look at these series. So you have the Sharks and the Avs. I think the Avs could pull off an upset there. You also have the Blues and Stars. The Stars could pull off an upset there. You have the Bruins and Blue Jackets. I don't think the upset will happen in that series as much as it'd be cool to see. I don't think it happens there. But I think the upset will go in one of the Western Conference matchups, either Stars, Blues, or Sharks, Avs. Why? <clears throat> They're not as tough as the one out east. The one out east, the Bruins are a force. You have the top line in the NHL back east in the Bruins. Out west, you have two strong teams. We all have Biddington in that. You also have a couple of good players on both teams, more role players. But then you have the Sharks, who don't have their captain. So, Danny, when you don't have a captain and you barely survived this series, I think that you also show that you can, the Avalanche will watch some film of that series and watch some film of themselves as well and go, hey, okay, we need to improve on this, this, and this. And we can look at this team and take away these things from them and we can potentially beat them. So, I think the upset is the Colorado Avalanche. I would agree here with the same case, even though Derek, in his picks, picked. It, and his only upset the Dallas Stars, 
but I also agree with Derek. I think the best chance for an upset is in the Avalanche series against San Jose, just because San Jose is coming off of an incredible series and they're and they're and they're exhausted. And Colorado is well rested after handling Calgary in five games. That's why I think Colorado is going to have the best chance for an upset because. We don't know what San Jose Sharks team is going to show up. Is it going to be the team that won three straight to close out the series against Vegas? Or is it going to be the team that was, that virtually was dead for quite some time in the early going? That's why, in my eyes, I foresee Colorado as the best chance for an upset. But now that brings up the question as we hit the final stretch, before we go into who is our cup pick, which of these four series seems to be the lock that's secured that they seem to be the, the best team to, to cruise through the second round and move on to the conference finals? Oh, that's easy. The Boston Bruins. I mean, like you said, they're the top line. They're the team. They have Stanley Cup experience on the ice there. They know what it takes to win. They just defeated Toronto team again in seven games. You can't go wrong with the Bruins. There's really no not much else to say at the Bruins, Danny. Columbus ran into a Tampa Bay team that seemed as if they thought that they were entitled to a, a, advancing to the, to the second round. And it shows that Tampa Bay just wasn't ready for the postseason. And this is what we alluded to in our show here, Derek, that the Lightning were playing essentially a month of meaningless hockey and it came back to bite them. And you were telling me that Tampa Bay, you said I was, uh, I was crazy, Derek, that, that I thought that Tampa Bay would be out by the second round. Yeah, <clears throat> you're right there, Danny, that they were playing a month of meaningless hockey. But honestly, you thought, hey, they might be able to keep this and practice some new strategies out there or something. But How'd that work? It didn't work out, but it just you don't see someone teams was like right this. there. Hmm. Yeah, I mean you don't see teams like that though. Tampa, you don't. They choked. There's nothing. A lot of people, including me, I don't think many people saw this coming. Uh, if if you saw well, the only if there was someone that believed that that would happen, it's got to be John Tortorella. He he knows how to coach a team, and he was able to beat the team that he coached at Stanley Cup. Or he coached against the he coached against the Tampa Bay Lightning, the team he took to a Cup championship, and this is probably one of outside of the Stanley Cup victory and against the Flames in 2004. This this has got to be right up there at the top for him. And if there's anyone that can really produce some fire, it's John Tortorella. But then again, the Bruins seem to be the team that gives him the most trouble. That's why. I'll have to agree again with Derek because this Boston team is playing against a Columbus squad that wasn't the most impressive in the regular season. And even though they did beat Tampa Bay, I'm not sold on them just yet. That's why I have Boston sweeping this series, and that's why I think they're going to be the the team that is the most secure lock for moving on. Now let's head to who is going to be the cup pick. And obviously, Derek, your two picks, you had Vegas and Tampa Bay in the Stanley Cup final. Both those two are already gone. Your bracket is busted and should be thrown into the fire. And on my end, I wasn't wasn't unscathed either. There's no fire to throw it in. 
I, I was I was not unscathed either. My the Calgary Flames that I picked to advance deep into the postseason, they didn't make it past the first round either. But my Boston Bruins, they're still alive, and I have them going to the Stanley Cup final and winning. But who are they going to be going up against? To me, it's it's I have Dallas and Colorado meeting in the conference finals. I have the avalanche upsetting Dallas in a battle of wild cards. My goodness. And I have Boston over Colorado in the Stanley Cup final. I think that's a legitimate pick. I know you had said St. Louis early, earlier this season, though, Danny. Well, you have to take a look at what Colorado has done and who they're going to be playing. And you have to realize Dallas and St. Louis, the last time they made the playoffs, it was a seven-game series. And I see a series similar to that. And I and I have the Avalanche winning in five, and if that were to be the case, the Colorado Avalanche are going to be well-rested, and they'll be ready for whoever wins that series, which I have the Blues, or no, not the Blues, but the Stars winning that series. And I see the Avalanche being a better matchup because of their speed, and they're able to produce more shots on goal, and that will give Ben Bishop a difficult time. That's why I see Colorado defeating Dallas in the conference finals. I now, agree from the East. Boston takes the East. And I think they're going to face... I think they're going to face Colorado as well, Danny. But you picked the San Jose Sharks to win the series, though. I, see, that's the hard series for me. and I wanted to say Dallas as well, but this is no easy pick. I mean, that could, the Sharks and Avs could go either, either way. I want to take the Sharks, but I also think the Avs are going to take the series. But you did pick San Jose in seven. Are you going to change your pick thirty minutes after go. we already we already made our picks? I don't picks? know. It's going to be one of those two. And it could, the Sharks—they know what it takes to make the finals. They made it a few years ago. They don't have the captain for now, but it's going to be the Sharks or Avs. So who who wins it? I honestly don't know right now. I have the Sharks in seven, but it could be the Avs too, Danny. I just. It's so hard on that series for me. So you don't think Boston is going to win the cup? I think Boston's going to win the cup. Okay. But out of the West, it's going to be Sharks or the Avs. So essentially the West is who's going to lose to Boston. Is that what you're telling me? Yep. To me, there is one team that you should be looking out for, the New York Islanders, because Barry Trotz won a Stanley Cup last year, and they have the netminder and Robin Leonard, who seemingly came out of nowhere. He was the Devin Dubnik of of today and he was able to win the first series and now it seems as if they might be in the driver's seat so you gotta watch out for the islanders because in a series between boston and new york i that could that could honestly go the islanders favor but boston does have the experience that's why i trust them more than i do the islanders but we'll have to wait and see that's all the time that we have on this week's installment of across the blue line you can tune in after the Western Hockey League Conference Finals where we will do a slight recap on what happened that series and tease the championship series. And then also we'll look into what's going on in the, the second round and see how wrong we were in these picks. So once again, for Derek Harper, I'm Danny Box saying so long on Across the Blue Line, powered by 88 Won the Berg, your Hockey Central.